On this episode of Scammer Stories, something new in my world that's not so great. I'll share what's happening a little later. But first, a voice you'll instantly recognize from previous episodes. I just wish we didn't have so much to talk about, April. It's just so awful, and you just see it getting worse. Ruth runs Scam Haters United, a group of women who help women and men around the clock from all over the world after falling victim to romance scams. And one day she said to him, I can't do it anymore because I've got no money. I've got nothing. I haven't got any food. Ruth revealed to me that the scumbags are getting their greedy little paws deeper and deeper into the purses of women who are looking for love. One victim lost $2.5 million. That's more than double the largest number I've heard about from a victim on this podcast. This victim, a businesswoman, obviously a successful one, and her scammer had a proposition to expand. I don't know what the business was, but I want to start a business with you. And if we pull our money, we can really get going in business. And once COVID's finished, we can start a life together. We can start a business. She had retired. And as I say, I don't know what her job was, but it was a good one. The money was her pension pot. And she withdrew all the money out of her pension pot and sent it to him. And now that woman is living in a rented apartment and she's got nothing. 2.5 million. Wow, that's the most I've heard. Yeah, it's the most we've heard. Yeah, it's the most we've heard. And she is the nicest lady. Honestly, she really comes back to talk to us very, very often just because basically she could, she can have a good little moan at us. And I think, you know, she likes it. But it makes you want to go and put a bullet between a few eyes, really does. You know, just something happens every day that some days I think, I've done this too long and it's wearing me down. And am I really, you know, all of us, we work so hard. You know, you get more and more people every day and you think, oh, no, are we doing anything? have to say I share Ruth's feelings here. But as soon as I start to believe that I'm not making a difference, I get a wonderful email from a victim or a loved one. And it's like my passion's renewed. And then something comes in that day that makes you realize that you can't walk away. If you're going to save anybody, it's worth it. It's just that nobody... Unless they've been in the scout, unless they're in your situation, unless they're in our situation, where we hear it from everybody, nobody has any idea how big it is. I asked Ruth about something close to my heart. I wanted to know, is she learning and hearing from victims who are getting prosecuted for money muling? It's something that the FBI has been doing for a while, but I think they have you know, stepped up and we've certainly started to hear about them getting prosecuted because they've allowed themselves to be used either getting money into their credit card and then forwarded on or they have might have made a bank account or allowing their own bank account to be used. She's right. My mother went from bank to bank opening new accounts for her scammers. She could barely get out of bed, didn't have a car, but she figured out a way. It didn't learn the full scope of her criminal behavior until after her death in March, right when the pandemic started to gain momentum. And so they're getting money sent to them. The story is always a perfectly reasonable one of where the money's come from. It's from a charity. It's money owed to them. It can be for for any reason, but it's, you know, it's it's a decent reason. And they will take it out and convert it to something else. They'll convert it to Bitcoin. They'll convert it to Amazon cards, iTunes cards or whatever, and then send it on. But it's being the middleman in a money laundering business. 
And sadly, um, they get caught. And the person whose name is on the account that is used is the person who is responsible for that criminal transaction. So it's not the person who set it up, which is the scammer sat in West Africa. It's the person whose name is on the account is responsible for the criminal transaction. If that doesn't scare the hell out of you, the next story might. A lady was allowing herself to be used to order high quality and high priced goods. And she was collecting them from Walmart. And there were televisions, there were phones, there was, oh, sound bars, earpods, everything. At first, the victim would use her credit card to order the items from Walmart, go pick them up and send them on to her scammer. Eventually, he'd use her credit card to order the items himself or herself without the victim in the middle. He'd started just to order them from this credit card, always with the promise he was going to pay them later, but he'd started to order them. And one day she said to him, I can't do it anymore. I can't let you put any more on because I've got no money. I've got nothing. I haven't got any food. And he said he was very sorry for her. And he said to her, I've ordered you some food from Walmart, around $30 worth. Go and collect it and enjoy it. Have a good meal. So grateful. She went to Walmart to collect it. And as soon as she did, she was met by law enforcement agents. Walmart finally reported suspicious activity. And that was the lady that was arrested. And where is she at now? She's home. She's been on bail. She's pending, I think. Ruth has another victim in trouble, too. The other lady that allowed the money to go through her bank account, regular basis, she was accepting money. She was sending it on to various places. She was converting some. She was sending some money on. It was found that it was over $800,000. And she is waiting to go in front of a grand jury because it's so much money. She has been told, really, she will get prison time. And she's in her 60s? I do believe. I remember her saying 63. And you said the FBI had a push recently in the U.S. They did. They realized that money laundering for vast amounts of money is very closely tied in with romance scams because it's very easy to talk people, men and women, into being so invested in a romance online that they will do anything for their other partner. And they do it out of a position of trust. You know, they're not coerced into it. They, they do it willingly. And the FBI did realize that a large amount of money laundering was associated with romance scams. And I suppose when you think about it, April, that they, you are going to go for the person at the bottom of the line, which is the money meal herself. You're then getting places that she sent it to, places that she's received it from. So I suppose they are also getting an awful lot of information about the networks. but. They have been really clamping down on money meals. Huge, huge problem. And do you think that that served as a deterrent when you're speaking to the victims? It depends. It depends on the victims. It depends upon at what point of the scam they discover that they've been duped and they've been used as a money meal. It depends how invested they are in the scam. I can't say it's put everybody off because it hasn't, but a lot of them get scared. And, you know, thankfully, a lot we've, we've had a lot come to us. We were very surprised at the response we got. And we got people who hadn't even known that being used as money meals because they hadn't thought about it. 
they realised that's what they'd been doing. They'd been allowing their bank account to be used, but they hadn't really put that together with crime. Because a lot of people, you know, scammers word, it's not quite so bad as crime. So a lot of them hadn't realised and they were really scared. Now, I'm not being awful when I say that if they are scared about it, then that's good because when the scammer comes along again or another one comes along, he's not going to get away with it a second time. So I would really like them to be scared. Nothing happened to them, not get caught, not get even spoke to by the FBI. But if they're in their head, they realise what they've done and they're scared about it happening again, the scammer's not going to get that victim back again. And you said this time of year is kind of a double whammy with COVID-19 and Christmas. Yeah, we always get scamming for Christmas. We start in October thinking about what we're going to do in November and December because scamming for Christmas is a bit like Macy's planning their Christmas campaign, you know, because scammers do scam for Christmas and they have it all. So they send out an awful lot more requests to women. You see them really stepping up because if they start now, by the time they have somebody in love with them and they really want to see them, they have time to get the woman to apply for leave, to pay for leave, so they believe that their man is coming home to them for Christmas. Or New Year, it's usually that week. That's a big hit week. That week from, I would say, December the 23rd to January the 1st. So that's when they're aiming for. They're aiming to get as much money in as they can because there's a fantastic excuse. You pay this money, you pay maybe a little bit more. and I'm going to be with you for Christmas. This will be our first Christmas together. I have a child in a boarding school. I have a child being looked after by a nanny and we can all spend Christmas together. And so that's a big incentive. Also, at other times of the year, they might be slower to get round to asking for money to come home on leave. So say they start the scam in February. It might be July or August before they get round to, I want to come home on leave to you. But if the scam is October or November, they can condense that because they've got Christmas. So they can say, I really, really would love to spend Christmas with you. I think it would be so special if we could have Christmas together. And so they get that push. Now this year, we've had the extra bit of help for them because people have been fed up of COVID. They've been locked down. They've been restricted. You haven't been able to see as many people in your family. It's been a pretty depressing year for a lot of people. And into this year comes this little bright ray of sunshine who is going to love you forever, who is going to take all your worries, all your woes, all your loneliness away. The last Christmas, my mom was alive. She wouldn't come because her scammer promised that he'd be in the U.S. And you're going to literally live happily ever after. And so it's been an absolute double whammy gift. And then a lot of these women, when they figure out they are being scammed, they still want to talk to their scammer. Describe that. There is a very strange phenomenon. Now, if we say this direct to a woman, she can sometimes get offended. And we don't mean it as offensive, but they can get addicted. This is exactly what frightened my mother. The feeling is so strong that she was willing to lose her daughter. And we were pretty close before this whole ordeal. She was afraid of withdrawal from talking to her scammer. They can get addicted to waking up in the morning. There's a text there saying, good morning, my darling, and lots and lots of red love heart and a nice little poem. And then, you know, before they've gone to bed, 
he has sent them a text with a nice little poem, lots of love hearts, sleep well, my darling. Don't forget to dream about me and all of this. They've got the contact during the day. Now, a scam is control. It is pure control. There's no love. There's no romance. There's no anything. It is well-organized control. So every day of a scam, the scammer is controlling the woman. She might not realize it, but she is being controlled. So when she realizes, either she realizes or the scammer leaves her or they have a row and and something breaks them up. When the scam finishes, that is cut off completely. There's no more mornings. There's no more evenings. There's no more chatting during the day. And women and men get addicted to this contact. I thought I had my mom convinced that her scammer wasn't real after I presented her with evidence after a reverse image search. She said she was angry with him and I had hope, but it didn't work. They get addicted to the romance and they don't want to let it go. And some of them, they know it's a scam. They know it's a scammer, but still in their mind, they can see the man whose pictures they've used. So part of them knows it's not him, but Pictures are more powerful than the words in a way because you can think, well, those words could never have been right. But when they think about anything to do with the scam, that man's pictures are in their mind and they pure and simply miss him. And as I said, the end of a scam is like a bereavement. The person has gone. He has gone and he's dead to you. And then three or four weeks later, out of the blue, there's a text from him and they will answer and it starts all over again. And they do miss them. They really, really do miss what they had. Even when they know it's not real, even when they know it could never be real and they will never meet, they miss what they had worked up to in their mind that they thought was the reality. And it's heartbreaking when we we lose people back to scammers and it's heartbreaking. And I'm noticing more men commenting on the page. I think we've always had quite a lot of men but I think they've never really commented or come forward before but it might be because people are online more with being locked down maybe they're just noticing but we started to notice just comments on the page just I've been talking to her or this is the bitch that I was talking to and's got money from me and things like that and then slowly they started to come to messages so yeah we've seen it very gently rise and of course the scam's the same it's just the other way around it's just a man who's been talking to a woman I mean the scam doesn't change you know it is still nice words for money but yes we'd like more because we know that there but we have noticed that men are coming forward more and I think once they talk to us once they get very brave and they'll come back and tell us everything you know they need to unburden as well what about gay men and women are you seeing more of that more gay men we do have a few gay women the thing is with the gay community it's exactly the same pictures used on straight people that are used on gay people so you've got apps like Grindr which is a gay app for gay men I think it's only men on Grinder. Now, you'll still get the same men used, Coke Heaps, Steve Kaufman, all the same names that you'll see on the women's. They will be used to scam men. So the scam is hardly any different. They're really good at coming forward, though. A gay man doesn't hide. They are really good at coming forward. I think maybe why they are a bit of a soft target at first is because a lot of gay men still keep it under wraps. They might think they're just gay online. And by that, I mean they can't talk about it in their daily lives, but they can communicate with other gay men online and nobody knows about it. We see this with a lot of older gay men. Nobody in their lives knows they're gay. 
but they are on gay groups or gay apps and things like that. So, of course, they're nice little captive audience for a scammer because they're there and they're hardly likely to talk about it with anybody else until it's too late. And are you seeing any changes in numbers as far as how many are on Facebook and Instagram and dating apps? Anything interesting there? Well, the famous Facebook dating is uh, rapidly turning into fake book dating. Facebook dating is terrible. It has lots and lots of scammers on it. They really love it because I think Facebook dating was given over as a foolproof place. You're going to go on there and, and there's not going to be any scammers. And there's, there's lots. Instagram's out of control. Instagram's lost. And the worst part about Instagram is the old thing about there are more women in their 60s and living on their own and widowed and things like that, which you can deduce from Facebook because most people will have a profile picture on Facebook. They will have, if not their age, they've got widowed or divorced or um, grandmother of three or whatever, you know. On Instagram, people don't tend to have that bio on there. They'll just have, you know, Susan Smith or whatever their name is or a username even. So the scammer is being a lot more random on Instagram. So we're finding that a lot of Instagram victims are younger because really the scammer doesn't know who. He's just going on there and he's going to contact 100 a day, whatever the limit is. I don't know. Get this. Romance scam pages for victims are actually an easy target. Think of all the lonely men and women who are on there. I would never, ever suggest you stay away from those pages because they're extremely important. They help build community and support, and they inform. That's how I started to get help. Just keep in mind, it's a thing, and it never hurts to question someone who seems suspicious. Where people are more picked out on Facebook, one thing that is changing and getting worse, I would say not changing, but getting much, much worse on Facebook is People who go on any sort of pages, if you go on page because you like cute kittens or nice dogs or dachshunds or, you know, a particular type of dog. If you go on a page, there are ones like Grandma Funnies, uh, Grandma USA, Grandma UK. There is a widow's heart pages like that with the catchment. In the title, you go on any of these and you make a comment on there, even if it's just have a good weekend, everybody, you will get contacted by a fake account. They are hunting and they are hunting big. Instead of just spreading out, sending friend requests at random, they are picking out people who are posting on pages. So if you go on there, if you've got a cat, which I've got one that's absolutely tormenting me at the moment because she doesn't like me talking on the phone. She's, you know, going mad at the moment. But if, you know, if I went on a page for Persian cats and I clicked on something, by tonight I would have half a dozen friend requests, message requests, maybe just even a little comment underneath what I put saying, I'd like to be your friend. 
that's very nice words you've put or something like that. They are hunting more on pages than I've ever known them before. Do you guys get threats from scammers? Death threats. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know, the funny thing is the threats are in the form, always, the threats are in the form of taking our details to the temple so the witch doctor can make a spell against us. You've heard mentions of the spell doctor before. It's actually a real thing in Nigeria. Google it. There's interviews with the lady. She gets paid for it. Talk about a scam, geez. Makes me grin just a little that the scammers are losing money. And we get lots of those. So on the page, there's a, um, a little part where we've got the team. So, you know, the girls that don't mind being identified as their name will put their name on. You've got, like, Pam's got herself on. Sophie's got her name on. But they've got sort of general pictures, you know, on there. There's two or three of us who've got our own pictures on there. And we get them. So they're going to print out our pictures, take us down to the temple, and they're going to have a spell set against us. Now, this happened to me for the first time in 2006, and I remember it very well because it scared me that in June 2006, I have three days to live. It's not physical threats. I mean, they keep saying they know where we are and they can come and find us. That doesn't matter. I know they don't. But yeah, we get threats from them. If what Ruth has to say next is any indication, our future isn't too bright. We need to figure something out to stop the scumbags. Our figures are going up quite a lot. We get a lot more visitors now. And it's just, it's just so sad. Is it getting more or are we getting more people? I, I think it's getting more, you know, and it's just so sad because they get hundreds literally every day, not able to do anything about it. By the way, Ruth has started to do live chats with men whose pictures are stolen. I highly recommend watching. The first answers I got were on a live chat from another anti-scamming page. Ruth says the live chats are working to get through to women, and they've helped more than anything she's done in the last few months. One last message from Ruth. She says her number one request for victims is to not contact the real men or the real women. I know, it's hard. I have to admit, I'm battling with this right now for myself. Let me fill you in what's happening. So I have someone very dear to me who's now being scammed. My friend knows everything about my story, this podcast, and still won't believe a word I say. This is what I've been talking about so often here. People who aren't close to someone in this world thinks that you can just tell a victim it's a scam and everything will be better. Think of it this way. Have you ever dated or married, in my case, someone uh, that your friends and family warned you about? And did it make any difference? I know it didn't in my case. I know it's a little different because you've met the person face to face, but it's still the same concept. You might have also experienced manipulation and isolation. So once again, I'm frustrated over and over again Kind of the same feelings that I had with my mom because this person is so close to me. So I've said my piece and I will be here. The scam is over. Until next time, scammer warriors.